0: And welcome back to the Dual Screens Crossplay Podcast, where today we're talking about video game economics, Overwatch 2 feedback, uh, a cool new iPhone controller for your PlayStation, and much, much more. This week, I am joined by the bat child himself, Stephen Fontana. Steve, hello. How are you?
1: Hey, man. Uh, So I located the spider as soon as we hit record, (laughs) and it is on the ceiling. So I have, as long as that's where it stays, we're okay. Uh, so, but we're going to get some out. evidence about this. Kill it with fire. Just kill it with fire. Uh,
0: Spe- uh, hang on. Speaking of killing spiders with fire.
2: Why can't uh, I get it?
0: In my city, <laughs> a man started a 40-acre mountainside fire because he was trying to kill a spider literally yesterday. <laughs> they had to bring in like, the airplanes to drop the like red stuff on the side of the mountain. Like it was awful. It charred up half of the mountain next to my house.
1: So you can't really, do not can't really see it too well. But spider. if you're watching on the stream, spider alert! There it is. It's on my ceiling. Spider alert! It's you're about the size of it's about the size of that a quarter. Tiny. It's, of a quarter. tiny. it's about the size of a quarter. It's tiny. It's tiny. But
2: it's
0: and that uh, the voice sit you here It's cute. The Canadian Wonder Boy himself, the man lost at sea, uh he who hunts crabs. <laughs> Corey Brayden.
2: How's it going? Uh yeah. Hi, Corey. Back on back on fresh land, uh you know, fresh full land. of stories and
0: brand new brand
2: new brand new, brand new. <laughs> brand new land freshly, freshly laid, <laughs> laid. <laughs> uh, I, I i left it came back it's, it's just like living in the game raft i've drowned at sea and now it's just fresh again Yep. <laughs> Let, new coat of paint
1: last week on the dock under adventures in gaming i wrote that you were playing the ocean <laughs> yeah <that's> true <laughs> we uh, got a good chuckle uh, at it it was funny yeah this one yeah yeah we were just yeah, LOL. Lol.
0: Speaking of the adventures in gaming, yeah. let's talk about that. But before we do, Stephen, what do we have coming up on the YouTube slash website this week?
1: Oh, uh, well, one of the episodes is sitting in limbo right now, but the audio version of the show is live. But we have the developers of Demon Throttle and Gumbrella, uh, that episode with Cullen Dwyer and Joseph uh, Bourgeois. I think it's how you spell it. Bur- Yeah, Bert bourgeois i think that's how you say his last name uh episode 145 of the dual screens podcast it should be going up on youtube very soon um the audio version is up right now so if you want to go to your podcast service of choice your audio podcast service of choice just search the dual screens podcast and it will show up um and that's the most recent episode it was a really really good episode um Demon Throttle was a game that was at PAX that nobody knew was going to be there and it's a physical only release and then when we got back from PAX or like it might have been the last day I don't know it was like very very soon after that they announced Gunbrella was another game that they were working on the same the same group Um, and Gunbrella looks fantastic. Um, So we got to talk about both of those games, uh, how they came about and and all that fun stuff. So check that one out uh, on the website. Also, website, yes, the redesign is still up and it's still being tweaked here and there. So go there and check it out and see Taylor's absolutely horrible cartoon version of himself that looks that looks nothing (laughs) like him whatsoever. (laughs) I could draw
0: a better version of myself and I can't draw.
1: It is now in the corner of the wall and the the ceiling.
0: (laughs) Every like 10 minutes, I'm going to ask for a spider update, okay?
1: Uh, Yeah. If I have an update before then, I will let you know.
2: Okay. Yeah. But Uh, anyway, if he runs runs another room, we know where the spider is.
0: (laughs) If you want to go look at like generic white guy cartoon drawing, go ahead and head over to the (laughs) website. Uh, Also, if you guys have any feedback, uh, we'd love to hear what you think of the redesign. Go check it out. Let us know how it feels. If there's any, like, things that are weird as you're navigating or whatever, you can tweet at us, dual underscore screens. Or if you're one of our patrons, you can ping us in the Discord. Speaking of which, we love our patrons very much. We do. Uh, We subject them to a lot of abuse. (laughs) Stories about Corey's haircuts coming soon. Um, (laughs) But if you want to hear stupid shit like that, you can go over to patreon.com slash screens. Uh, and you can support us for just $1. You get access to our patron-exclusive Discord, hang out with us, play games with us, all that jazz. I'm hanging out in there pretty much every night. Steve's in there most nights, uh, just playing games and, and hanging out. It's a good time. Um, and then at the $3 and above tier, you get the pre shows So you get to hear all the dumb shit we talk about. Last week, Steve and I spent 15 minutes talking about baseball.
1: Yep, that is so, true. Yeah,
0: it was we did do time. that.
1: And we would have done that today if Corey wasn't here and it was just you and me. Today was
0: a big baseball day. Big baseball. Today is the the trade deadline, and there was some some shit. But we're here to talk about video game stuff. Also, real quick, speaking of Patreon, shout out to our Patreon producers, Colton the Apprentice Nestler, FNH Paul. This show would not exist without you guys. It's true. um, So we love and appreciate you very, very much. Now, it is time
1: for the adventures. In gaming. Gaming! 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 Steven. Yep.
0: What you been playing?
1: I played some weird weird-ass games, and I have two more yeah. weird-ass games to play. Well, not weird-ass games. I think the next two are the real good ones, but I, I stumbled across uh, a, a indie game that's in early access right now. I think it came out uh, like last year. And, and you know what? Let me just make sure I got my facts straight before I um before i uh speak out of turn here okay oh god it's loud stop being so loud okay yeah oh no no this came out last week uh two weeks ago so this came out uh, july uh 18th it is an early access but it's it's a uh, dungeon crawler action rpg called dungeons of sundaria um it is a four-player co-op uh action rpg very mmo uh inspired combat uh, stuff like that. It actually reminds me the gameplay reminds me of Kingdoms of Amalur. Um, yeah, it's
0: got kind of that like three quarters or over the shoulder kind of yeah, camera yeah. perspective.
1: Um, um, you can
0: customize characters and stuff. I, I was checking it out as well.
1: Yeah, it um, you the, the cool thing about this is you could do four player online or four player split screen. Um, so it's a couch co-op game. Um, it is very, very bare bones janky no no real vo for lines uh for dialogue it's really just grunts and stuff um boss it's very like click 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 slap 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 you know kind of it needs a ton of refinement but again this is in early access only for barely two weeks now um but i really like what what they're going for here with uh their main gameplay loop which is uh there are four main dungeons that are in the world right now and you go and explore these dungeons uh, I have no idea if they're randomly generated I don't know any of that because I only just—I literally did the first dungeon uh, and then I backed out so we could record tonight but um, like as you're going through you're discovering things like uh, oh you find you found this dead soldier who has a journal on it and then and you bring that back to town and uh, the town is like an over overworld map where you just go to different buildings right now um, you just click the building and then you, you teleport to it And, like, you can give the note to one of the lieutenants, and the lieutenant's like, oh, here's some things. But there's so much loot. This is like Diablo style uh, style loot drops, um, where you're getting like a million common items, a million, and then you'll get like the uncommon, and then the rare, and then the spider is slowly moving back to the ceiling. Um, Oh, she's on the move. Uh, Yeah, so. it's a lot of that there's like a it's labyrinthian. the first dungeon you go to is very labyrinthian it's like you're you're going down corners you a dead end, but there's like a, a a breakaway wall with like a secret room behind it and a switch you hit the switch it unlocks a door across the other side of the dungeon. There's no map that I found, so it was like I was just going through killing bad guys. I went with the rogue shocking. Um, but it plays like a, like you would think a rogue would, like you could sneak around, you could do backstab at level two, you get a backstab where you physically have to be behind them and you do like massive damage. Um, it's, it's very raw. It's very rough around the edges, but like, this could be something that with, you know, a good year of early access behind it could, could become something pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was reading through their like early access summary and why they chose to do early access and whatnot. Um, and it sounds pretty ambitious what they're trying to put together. Um, they said they want to add, uh, at least twice as many dungeons as the game currently has. Yeah. So a lot more content and the, the four dungeons from what I've read so far, are, you know, pretty, pretty sizable for the content. So,
1: yeah, it was, um, I, I unlocked it just automatically, it just randomly said, like, I got, I killed two bosses basically that were in there. Um, and then, and then there was like an objective that came across, like find another, what I assumed to be a boss. And I had no idea where it was. Like I was running around like crazy and I was like, all right, I can't waste any more time. But I imagine that if this boss, I haven't even, I don't even know where it's located in this dungeon. I imagine the dungeon's going to be pretty massive. Um, so I'm looking forward to playing it again. Maybe we'll try some multiplayer. Um, it's 20 bucks on early access right now. Um, which I think is a fair price for a game like this. Like if it's something that you're going to play once or twice a week, you know, just to see how it's progressing. Um, not, not, not a bad game to kind of waste a couple hours in.
0: Yeah. Seems interesting. Tell me about, I I'm very interested in this other
1: game that you've been playing though. Tell me about (laughs) this. So I saw half earth socialism. It Uh, was, it was on sale. And it's a card game and all of the art looks like it was made on MS paint, but then put through a game boy camera filter. <laughs> okay. So it's like super pixelated art, like backgrounds yeah. of like whatever. And the card art is like that too. But essentially the, the premise is it is 2022 and the entire world has uh, society has Uh, decided that they are going to have one world government that is going to try and save the planet and through different cards uh you have uh resources uh energy production um technology and policies essentially Mm -hmm. and you're balancing those to try and save the planet to try and keep the contentness high so people happy but also uh cool off the earth and also, um, not drain its of its resources, and not kill off uh, a bunch of animals and and stuff like that. So, like you're you're constantly balancing. There's like six different uh, uh, parties of government that are in that you're trying to appease to. So, like you'll get allies, you'll get enemies, and and, and they'll try and like kick you out of of your seat. And like so, the first like three games, I will I was kicked out by my sixth turn Um, you, you gain after every turn you can gain or lose political power. Um, So based on, on how well you're doing in those rounds, whether that's you get plus 20 because you made an ally with this one, but you get minus 10 because you made an enemy of this one or uh, you know, people are really happy. So it's a plus 50 and then you use those points to, to do more policies and stuff. Uh, on your next round and then each round i believe they I, th- I believe each round is 10 years i'm not 100% sure i don't really i don't remember what what it is but it like plays out your cards some of the cards will take 15 years to research a technology like um i do like high high capacity batteries for for energy storage and then you could do like yeah. a uh nationwide grid or you could do um like all different kinds of stuff so yeah at first I thought the game was basically teaching you that you can't make everyone happy because I kept dying. And I'm like, why? I kept getting kicked out. Um they stormed the capital and 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 drag you out and kick <laughs> kick you on the street, basically. Um and I'm like, oh, okay. But then the fourth time I actually was able to win, um, but I made uh I made consumerists not happy because yeah. I wouldn't allow them to just suck electricity out of the grid f- for nothing. Um,
0: yeah, fuck those guys.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it, it's a it's a it's an interesting social experiment to see yeah. how you would what your utopia looks like um, and how you would balance that with the realistic challenges of what a what a global uh, a globalist view or uh, viewpoint would have. Um, but it it was cool. Like it was a nice little find. It it was, it was fun to kind of see how the puzzle pieces fit together. Um, but after I beat it, I was like, okay, I don't, I'm good. So I played it for about an hour and it Mm -hmm. it was fun. I think it was three bucks, three or four bucks, something like that.
2: It's free to to play right now.
1: Was it? Oh, maybe, maybe I just downloaded that one for free. I don't remember. I remember I I put three games in my, in my cart. So, um, but I only got to play two of them. So, um, that's it.
0: Tell me about what you're playing.
1: Yeah, so
2: as everyone knows, I mean, out at sea, come back. Usually I just play a real big burst of games right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, I got really addicted into three games when I got back. Um, the first one was Multiverse. Multiverse came out. Um, I, I like Brawlers. I'm a huge fan of Brawlers, but I'm also a fan of like 2D fighters. And it's really interesting how Multiverse comes into this weird... Uh, place in the fighting world where it plays more like a 2d fighter but as a brawler um i know it's weird to specify that but what i mean is it's the idea that um it's really weird to see that with multiverse is it's not the it's not like smash where it's just constant punches being thrown all the time Uh, Most characters, I think at most, have a four or five hit combo, if that. And that's only if they're doing a side hit combo. So it's interesting to see that uh, each character seems very unique. The idea that they've really made a lot of the game based on more of a cooperative uh, part instead of just being one-on-one fighting uh, seems really neat. Uh, Right now, I'm maining Shaggy, uh, Super Shag. So... Um, but it's 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 quite a lot of effort um, you can definitely see that uh, the game itself is made by people that made league you can tell um, when you look into the cast of who made this game it's a lot of pre-league players or developers um, and you can tell that just by the perk system by the way the characters are designed the way they play the uniqueness of it uh, just it seems to have more that the balance between them too, the idea that it's a class system. So it's all very different in that way too. Um,
1: there was yeah, th- interesting. It, it, that's an interesting way to kind of look at the, the brawler genre by div- divvying it up into classes. Cause you're not at that point, you're not making like one character OP, you know, like you're, well, you're more about and, balancing and that's classes. The thing. Like playing in two V
2: two compared to one V one uh there's certain characters that dominate the 1v1 market but when you look at the 2v2 they're not there and it's because like shaggy is a great character to play but if you don't have a good partner with shaggy like you might as well just like you you have to have good support characters and it's crazy to me of that the teamwork like until you if you like break down the tutorials and you take the advanced tutorials, especially you start learning things like, uh, Ren dog, the, the character they made. It's a support class. He can make a ball of fire. Well, if you take Shaggy sandwich, throw it through the ball of fire, his sandwich lights on fire and does more damage. Mm-hmm. Or if you're Superman, you can blow uses chilling air to then blow out the, the ball of fire. Also, if you're Superman, you can do, if you do like, uh, like every ability seems to have multiple uses, which is really a unique way to fighting games where like, okay, I throw a sandwich, a Shaggy. Well, if I hit my friend, he heals. If I hit an enemy, it damages them. Mm, uh, same that's cool. With like Superman, uh, he does his chilling blast. Well, if he does his chilling breath on an ally, it actually gives them uh, freezing gauntlets, which then they can use to then cause ice damage to an opponent. So there's um, a lot of unique ways to play characters, uh, furthermore the cooperative aspect of it. So you might actually have it where one person's just meant to be a full support character, and then the other character is just there to uh, more or less deal the damage and like be the aggressive character. And that's why it's it's a really weird environment where yeah. you're not seeing the traditional uh, fighting game tropes. Where like in Smash, there's a tier list, and if you're playing Tier S characters. It doesn't matter who you're playing against, really. If you're a good uh, Mennonite player, then there you go. You're 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 up there. Whereas it seems in this game, like it's really weird that there's these support characters that are seen as higher tier because mm-hmm. with another character that's good, they're good. Whereas by themselves, they're not. So um, it's a really interesting. And the idea that the amount of DLC characters we're seeing in the next little while, and this crazy amount of support right out the gate. Um. It it seems really good. The only my only complaint is that stupid battle pass, and that's it. And it's because they followed Halo Infinite, and I can't stand the that style of battle pass.
0: I don't know a ton about this game, but I did see a video on Twitter of LeBron James throwing a basketball at Stephen Universe. So that was cool. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. and that, that, that's a that's a that's an excellent point. Like LeBron James is a character, in a in a one v one, he's not the greatest, but to watch people sit there and where like someone will knock him out of the arena, and then like you watch LeBron James like do a fucking three throw and he hits the character, he just like pounces him and keeps him away from the arena, and they can't get back. And it's just it's really interesting on the mechanics. I'm 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 hoping we it, it, the idea that we're already seeing them notice because they're all competitive. It's a competitive bunch of developers unlike smash where smash you always see that bunch where like it took them a very long time to find out what characters were broken and fix them whereas they're already coming in where they're like yeah we noticed velma was too fat like literally they patched it closed beta where velma was one of the heaviest characters in the game so they had to make her lose weight because as a support character now she now have been so heavy now
1: let's clarify we we mean the they're the rid- physics of her... Yeah, the weight of her character.
0: They reduced the her character. hitbox and... like and, her and the
1: speed... The, yes, the speed at which yeah. she falls to the earth gravitationally. Yeah, yeah there was... Her heaviness.
2: Yeah, because she weighed as much as the Iron Giant in the game. And they're like, that's not right. So they had to fix a lot of... But the idea that they're fixing certain things... And the idea that they're actually looking at things like that... And the way characters play... And they're looking at the fan interactions with characters is really neat to see that there's a lot of support
1: coming for that. She's also like pretty awesome. So there's that.
2: Uh, Velma is like my second. So she's amazing. Calling the cops on people. I love the idea of collecting a bunch of evidence and then just calling the cops <laughs> on your <laughs> opponents. And then the cop car picks them up and drives them off the edge is the most <laughs> glorious thing ever. So bizarre.
0: What else yeah. have you been playing?
2: I played Stray. Now, I don't know if anybody talked about Stray last time. We did. Have, yeah, we yeah.
0: talked about Stray for a long time. Uh, I, long time.
2: I, I played it. I beat it. And I can't say enough about this game of how. Like as a game. There could be a lot of. Like, OK, so my my quick, easy things because you guys have obviously talked about this and, you know, I'm not going to go into it too much. People can watch the last episode to go over all this. But my personal thoughts on the game is. The way this game played, I feel like they could have went more into it. There was like a certain point where the puzzle started repeating and stuff like that, which I'm fine with. I know that wasn't the point of the game, Um, Mm -hmm. but the actual story of this game and the way that it goes throughout the entire way and the way that it ends was absolutely amazing. And I thought that this was done super well. And I was like, as soon as I finished it, I'm like, I hope there's a there's something coming from this developer. I really hope that they get more support to make a secondary game and uh, explore more of these uh, this type of world and stuff like that. And even if they have more stuff with Stray in the sense of having like secondary something other, like I just think it was a really well built game and it's a fantastic game.
1: There was a play that was uh, being done in a theater that I worked at and it was called indoor. No, it was called indoor outdoor. And it was about an indoor female cat, like really pretty, like really whatever cat that falls in love with an outdoor boy cat.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And I've seen this story before.
1: It, Yeah, but it was, like, told through... Like, obviously, it was just... The actors weren't dressed like cats. They were just dressed like normal people. Uh But, like... And and they interacted. And that's what I want Stray 2 to be. I want it to be a Romeo and Juliet story. But with cats. And called... Yeah, call it Stray... The Aristocats. The Aristocats, yeah. 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 Call it Stray Indoor-Outdoor. And... It could be a it could be a co op game like like um oh. like uh what the hell is that prison break game uh,
2: uh oh the two brothers yeah
1: well that one well, and then there's the other one was the, it was from uh, the it takes was, two guy guys yeah, a way yeah. out a way out yeah yeah you can make yeah, it like a way out meets meets uh it takes two and you you play uh you're trying to start a little baby cat colony but you have to get up to each oh. other straight to there you electric go. Oh, electric <laughs> Um, All right. What else okay. we
2: got?
0: Last thing,
2: Corey. Yeah, I was going to say, other than that, I mean, uh, the PS Plus games came out today and Tony Hawk uh, 1, 2, HD, whatever, remaster, whatever they call it, uh, came out. Um, I started it at uh, four o'clock. I ended up finishing almost both games in that time. Um, I love these games and, you know, it's great that they rebrought them back. I was kind of happy. My only disappointment with the game is that the first song that played was uh, Machine Gun Kelly and his Bloody Valentine or whatever. And I made sure I went immediately into my playlist and turned that song off of the playlist and then continued playing the game.
1: Machine Gun Kelly. Not that bad. Not that bad. bad.
2: I just, I just.
1: you, You don't like him.
2: I just can't I understand. Stand. It's just the one song. I don't know what it is about the one song. I think it's maybe just the idea that he <laughs> went from his rap persona to like back to his punk rock, like in his early punk rock days. He was really good. And I find that I, I don't know.
1: It's just that one. It's song. weird for me. It's, it's just, just his face. Yeah, it's his face. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is for me. It's why I can't like Post Malone either. Like, no, I, just don't, I, like I, Malone. I just don't like his face.
2: Yeah, like I, love
1: Post Malone. I don't, his music is great. Post I Malone just,
0: lives like an hour away from me,
2: dude. Have you and, ever seen uh, look up you Post Malone's first YouTube video? No, like his I'm not doing music that. Video? No, no. If you I'm not doing his first that. music, this is before he got tats. It's great. Oh, there, are,
0: there are two things that are true about my life right now. Uh, first is that I am very impatiently sitting in the Cult of the Lamb waiting room. Um, I am very excited about that game. Uh, We got to see it at PAX. And so Freaking. I'm kind of in, you know, that, that feeling where you're just like waiting for a game and nothing's like really scratching the itch. Yeah. So you kind of just like bounce around.
2: It's almost like uh, Steve waiting for the spider to move closer.
0: So that's that's where I'm at right now. Uh, The second thing that's true is I have just been like, so into D and D lately. We yeah. have our home campaign that we're playing together. Steve, um, I've been watching a lot of like Critical Role and Dimension Twenty. Like just I I've been consuming a lot of D and D media uh, to like learn things. This is my first time dungeon mastering and stuff, and so I'm like trying to learn techniques from these DMS on these live play shows and like I don't know. So. Obviously, I've been playing a lot of, like, D&D-like games and bouncing around between them. Um, so I've been playing Solasta. I talked about that last week. Um, that game is still... It's so charming... For how, like, janky it is. I just love it, man. Uh, I got to... Uh, Mike and I were playing Dr. Kirsch um, last night. I, I We got to the first point where we started to feel, like, a little bit frustrated with the campaign. It just started dragging. We met this NPC that sucked, and we had to, like, navigate her around for a little while, and that just wasn't fun. And, like, there was a lot of time between when it felt like we were making progress. But we finally got to, like, a really cool battle, and... It was it was enjoyable after that, um, so Celasta, still great. It's on Game Pass. It is probably the best video game adaptation of Dungeons and Dragons on the market, and especially on Xbox. Like if you want to play on a console, that's the way to go. Um, I've also been playing Baldur's Gate Three. Uh, they released the uh, Bard class not too long ago. Um, as well as the gnome, um, race. And so I went in, you know, made a new character and played through the opening like five or so hours, um, again, and, uh, game's still good. I can't wait for it to come out. I like, I'm kind of a little apprehensive to keep doing this every time they release a, a new class, because I've played through that opening like five to 10 hours probably like six or seven times now. Um, and I feel like I'm going to burn out on it. And when the game goes full release, it'll be difficult to like get through that. Um, but they made a lot of really cool changes. They made a lot of cosmetic changes. You can add highlights to your hair now, and that is significantly more fun than I thought it was going to be. Um, so I made this little, um, dwarf barbarian that, um, has, like, red highlights through his blonde hair, and it's fun. I don't know. That game's going to be really, really good when it goes full release. Uh, And then I decided to dabble in Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous, which so was like, this is, Pathfinder's is basically D&D, uh, and I learned very quickly, Pathfinder is a lot. Like, a, a lot. The system is... Excuse me. It's based off of uh, first edition Pathfinder 2, so the system is just a, a little bit more difficult to, like, wrap your head around. Um, there are a lot more classes in there than in traditional d and um, and especially with spellcasting and stuff, it gets really complicated really quickly, um, and so I'm, like, trying to learn that a little bit, but it's it's been tough.
2: So Pathfinder stuff. Yeah, yeah, my experience with, like, I it's funny because you talk about Pathfinder and, like, uh back in a little bit of history for Corey, like, my D&D routes, I actually never played 3.5. Uh-huh. I went straight into Pathfinder, Um, and Pathfinder, yeah, it's based off of that 2.5 slash 1 aspect on it, and it's a very different type of D&D spot. Uh, for those who, who want to know, if you ever want to have the most creative version of D and D, you play Pathfinder and you go to Pathfinder D uh, twenty dot com. I think it's still the website, but yeah, it's crazy amount of classes, crazy amount of customization. It's it's one of the more uh, kind of customizable versions of D and D out there. But at the exact same time, with the Pathfinder games, you can end up really nerfing yourself really hard if you uh, don't pay attention, unlike um, Deep 3.5 or 5e, which is what most of the newer games are based off of. So it's the same reason Um, why Neverwinter Nights Nights 1 was really good and customizable, and then Neverwinter Nights came out uh, 2, and that was a little bit easier for people to play, and it's the same reason it went from Pathfinder to 3.5, so...
0: Yeah, uh Pathfinder 1st Edition is just it, it's a lot. And yeah. exactly like you were saying, you have to like be really vigilant in building out even the like simplest class. Like even if you're just playing as like a fighter, um if you make a wrong decision as you're going, it can like
2: really gimp yeah. you. So yeah, really really make a difference. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. We're going to get into the release roundup. We'll breeze through this really quickly. Yeehaw! Go! Games that have come out this <laughs> last week, starting on July 26th, we had Story of Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town on PlayStation 4, Octopath Traveler Champions of the Continent on iOS and Android, uh, Friends of the Show, Baron Breakfast, came out on PC on July 28th. I can't wait to that play that. Adorable, highly, highly recommend Uh, Hohokum came out on PC July 28th. Uh, Lost Epic came out on PS5, PS4, and PC July 28th. Uh, What Remains of Edith Finch got its next-gen upgrade on July 28th. Digimon Survive came out PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC July 29th. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 came out on the Switch uh, July 29th. And today, August the 2nd, we got Before We Leave on Switch, which I have played quite a bit of on PC. The game's really cool. I highly highly recommend. And that has been your release roundup. Yeehaw! Yeehaw. (laughs) Thank you for riding with me. Corey. Yep. I am cutting the amount of time that you took to talk about this on the pre-pre-show from 12 minutes down to like a minute and a half give me the rundown this
2: i got this so Uh, i
0: i want you to like for people to be able to understand you though tell me about the backbone one for playstation
2: so the backbone one actually i looked it up and actually they've already made this this is not the first time this is just the playstation version of it um they've already made this controller for the xbox it comes in both the usb if you buy the xbox version at this point in time it comes with the USB C version for android or your uh iphone charger whatever they call it lightning port for your iphone um with that in mind it works with almost any device that works with those. The only difference with the new PlayStation one is obviously your PlayStation buttons and your, it's only lightning port at this point in time. With Mm -hmm. that, the cool thing is it can uh, have a pass-through charging so you can play all your stuff on the go and still charge your phone. Uh, Also with that, it has a 3.5 headphone jack into it as well so you can listen to all your stuff while you do it. The neat thing is, is that with Backbone, they do have their own... um, app that actually hooks up to everything which can allow you to have its own party its own party system allows you to stream with uh the games you play remotely so twitch and youtube well as well as capture uh, highlights which it has its own uh ai capturing software that allows you that highlights points of capture and with that it can uh do geforce now It can do Xbox Game Pass. It can do remote play through PlayStation as well as Google Stadia for whoever still uses that um, and other mobile games that you have currently
1: on your phone. And time's up. All that. That was pretty good. That was pretty good, Corey.
2: You
0: got it out. It was legible, understandable. Perfect. Uh, This is cool. I I like that they have their own app um, instead of from what I understand, you're not using like a a PS remote play app on your phone, right? You're doing it.
2: You can, oh, okay. so you can either use you can do the either. Play app or you use their app. If you use their app, it shows up kind of like when you look at um like opera, you know, when you go into opera and you look, click the free games button and it shows you all the free games that have come out this week through all the different stuff. Same idea. Yeah. Their app just shows you, hey, here's all these games. Pick one. It opens up, then opens up the remote play app that then mm-hmm. does theirs. But then their app becomes uh, a side app, like a side menu, like Discord. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's like an overlay. It's like the uh, yeah, it's, it's basically like a like an overlay that you could bring up Makes on sense. top of your game, whichever app you're using to play the game mm. to kind of okay. keep them under one umbrella. Gotcha. Uh,
0: this is cool, though. I, I like that it is DualSense branded. Uh, it looks nice. I wonder, have they said, does it have like haptics in it? no all?
2: it's the exact same one as the xbox the okay. backbone one for the xbox so it doesn't have any aptic feedback it's just your regular triggers um mm-hmm. and then with that uh i think it does have vibration features um it does have a share button and all that as well um but other than that it's just your basic, regular
0: okay. controller so cool. uh overall seems neat steve any thoughts
1: uh, no, we we pretty much covered it. Uh, I, I with between the Steam Deck and my Kishi, razor Razer Kishi like, I, and I don't have an iPhone, so um, it would be cool to have the prompts up there when using the Kishi because uh, it is Xbox branded the one that I have. So it would be cool if I'm doing PlayStation, I could do that. But I primarily use the Kishi if I'm going to play any uh, XCloud yeah. stuff. So, uh, what's the spider update? Uh, she, I think she's sleeping. She hasn't moved. Beautiful. So,
0: uh, yeah, you want to know who else is sleep? Who else is sleeping? I do. Fucking the developers of Overwatch Two at Blizzard Entertainment.
2: Yeah. Can we just say the developers at Blizzard? Because it sure. seems yeah. like that's just a absolutely shame. <laughs> every time I've been on the <laughs> we, show the, la- the last three shows I've been on throughout the span of like two months. Every time I come on, we have to talk about Blizzard. And we can even that go
0: a step <laughs> higher than that and just say Activision as a whole.
1: Like Activision the Blizzard,
0: entire, the whole yeah, thing,
1: so, which is so now so my that. yeah. Well, it's not yeah. not yet. Apparently, that's being right. blocked by Sony. I don't know if that's a thing. I, that's no, it's not. Okay, um,
0: so Overwatch Two sent out a uh, survey for feedback um, from people who have played the beta uh, for Overwatch Two, um, and one of the big highlights. So they were asking about how much you would be willing to pay for different, like, skins and things like that. Uh, Fortnite has pretty well established what um, the, like, skin marketplace has been set at um, for most of these, like, free-to-play games. Uh, you know, top-tier character skins usually sit in that, like, $20 to $25 range. Um, Overwatch asked... In this survey, if you would be willing to spend $45 on a mythic skin. 45 I re, 45 US American dollars or $10 for a weapon charm. I like I can't wrap my head around so this. so uh...
1: In my in my opinion, like I get why you would do something like this. You just want to see what the overall uh, temp temperature is on, on your heart, most hardcore playing base because those are the people that are going to f- give money to this uh, to a free to play game. Um, that being said, if you are a person who said yes that you would pay forty five dollars for anything. Other than a full video game, um, as opposed to one skin, I need you to shut the fuck up, and I need yeah. you to run with your head down directly into a brick wall. I'm not. I don't need you to unalive. I just need you to get knocked out enough until this thing, until yeah, the game try comes and, like,
0: out. Put the head put your head right
1: yeah. um so we got a link for missed enough in the chat here that apparently debunks the fact that they were specifically asking for 45 dollars uh, They the the
0: there's excuse- a screenshot in this article that says how likely would you be to purchase a mythic skin at a price of 44.99 from right, the
1: right, right. But so this this article says much. Derided Overwatch two price survey used random pricing, says Blizzard.
0: Oh, the prices. I don't know how much I believe this.
1: Yeah, neither do I. But take it for you know, if this is an official statement, then whatever. Uh, the prices that appeared in a recent consumer survey sent out to Overwatch players were randomized and quote not indicative of final pricing. Um, the second one I believe because that's that's PC jargon. Uh, says Blizzard Entertainment. Um, players were shocked when they received uh, surveys asking what prices they'd be willing to pay for cosmetics and Overwatch 2, including sprays, weapons, charms. Uh, 40, uh, as we just said, for the soon after, Reddit user posted "chaos X posted a passionate treatise against the proposed skin prices, but yeah, it so their official statement, I guess. I mean they're just recapping what we already went over after that but yeah. their official statement is that it was randomized so different players got different got asked different questions with different price points um which I guess is a possibility from a like if I if I was a outside consultant I might want to do something like that especially if I don't know anything about video games and I think oh yeah $45 that's a good for video game costume um But you got to know your audience here, Activision. Like, what are you doing? You know, this is going to go out to public. You know, people are going to be like, what are you doing? Yeah, I I don't know. It's
2: it's that big thing, right? Where the the worst part is, is that in the market of skins and even when we talk about Fortnite and stuff like that, um, I see that like Fortnites, even when they first came out, they were charging a lot for skins or it was all in loot crates and it was all about just opening up llamas like left right and center
0: now, and as someone more... who played fortnite from the beginning they've never had loot boxes yeah it, it was always no it was always <laughs> you buy the skin from the marketplace you could oh yeah the sorry skin, sorry i'm thinking of s- yeah.
2: no no save the world had it where you 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 got the llamas and you yeah, defy that, that them that was before for they like be- yeah before that, they came that wasn't with the for, battle like, that wasn't the battle for like cosmetics no. though
0: it that was, that well, was for cosmetics
2: for the Save the World mode. No, it before wasn't. The, before play... the battle world.
0: Okay, no, it wasn't. I played the Save the World mode. Like their cosmetics <laughs> were always like store. They they had the like loot crate things, but it was for like in game like gear and stuff. Anyway.
2: Either way, either way, they they kind of I found that what they did is even when they did that, they started attaching a lot more of their skins to the more of the battle pass and the season rewards and stuff like that. I found. Um, Which a lot of companies have started doing that where it's more of, hey, buy the battle pass, play X amount of time and you'll earn the skin. Um, I personally find that those methods are better in my own personal opinion. I would rather sit there and spend $20 on a battle pass, put a lot more hours into the game if I'm going to play it and earn my skin that I have to over here's your skin. And I do know there's the other side of things, too, where um, we see like Warframe and stuff like that, where when a new Warframe comes out, uh, if you want to buy that Warframe with uh, the Warframe, the Prime version or whatever it is, it's a $60 one character slot. But then you get the weapon, everything else and the skins. But at the exact same time players that are doing that you can still earn everything in game if you want to it just yeah. takes more time so they, comes... they've
0: come out like o- overwatch has come out they are doing like mm-hmm. the whole battle pass thing too yeah. they're getting rid of the loot crates which i think is a step in the right direction it just yeah. feels like every time it, it's like one step forward two steps back with all of this shit yeah. you know I think.
1: Like, uh, yeah and and, and i th- and i think one of the things that that really upsets people like us is that we are when this all first started happening it was that loop and it wasn't Fortnite but it was wait i forget what game it was but it Overwatch it, it might have been i don't know if Overwatch was the first one i uh, the first one would I, be Counter-Strike it might it might yeah it was either Counter-Strike but i feel like also World of Warcraft did something similar i don't know it it was something where where the only way to get special items was through loot boxes and the loot boxes mm. were random. So it they, that's when the whole lawsuits and, and Congress started to try and get involved and like Europe banned loot boxes. And then everything yeah. kind of just, you know, went down from there. So I like the idea of earning loot boxes or being able to purchase loot boxes like an apex legends. But I also like the idea of, Oh, remember that skin you were chasing? You could just buy it for 10 bucks. Like here it is if you yeah. want it buy it for 10 bucks it's fine or you could unlock a bunch of loot loot boxes open those yeah. um, or you can play through the battle pass and get this other cool skin like there's always something for you to do in those games and I think we're at a we're at a sweet spot and I, and I hope that Activision Blizzard is smart enough to not go backwards to what you were saying, Taylor, like, I hope they don't go backwards in this thing just because it's a, it's a, it's a game that they were going to be a premium cost to being a free to play. I hope they don't look at that as a license to monetize the shit out of every aspect of, uh, of the game. Uh, Miss Envy in the chat mentions that it was sports games. It was EA in the UK. So yeah, it was like FIFA. Yeah. And yeah,
2: uh, the field your, your own team is what the the big thing they were cracking down mm-hmm. on because it was the idea that competitive playing was based on the idea that you'd have to have a good team of players. And it was like a one in like 100 pack chance of getting this 99 player, a 98 player. Right. And then you were having to open 100 packs to get this one guy and you would open so many crappy packs before that. And Yeah, they started to really crack down on it because it was parents, kids stealing their parents credit cards and stuff like that. So
0: that was also Ah. the year that 2K um, with NBA 2K had in the trailer, like a literal slot machine, Yeah, like a lot of imagery from like gambling and casinos and stuff in like their actual game announcement trailer. (laughs) Yeah, they got like a lot of a lot of pushback. Yeah. One reason that they may be charging so much for these skins, though, or thinking about charging so much for these skins, uh, is according to the NPD group, uh, there has been another quarter over quarter decline in video game spending continuing through Q2 of 2022. Overall spending in the industry has decreased by 13% as compared to Q2 of 2021, which was down 11%. From Q four of the Oh sorry, down thirteen percent compared to Q two of twenty twenty one. Q one of this year was also down eleven percent compared to Q one of twenty
1: twenty one. Yeah. Um so I, news. I don't have I don't have the list in front of me, but I know for a fact last year was ridiculous as far as releases goes. And I know that we had quite a rush there between like March and June this year. Um, but I, I feel like last year was more big ticket stuff and uh console. The, the consoles started to really come into their uh, get into stores a lot more towards the end of the year last year. And, and now this year, um, I just think this is something that's going to even out uh, again. We're going to see that uptick Q3, Q4 uh the the gap will be a little less. You have to remember, like the pandemic, 2020 and 2021 were like the biggest years in gaming ever. So like expecting that to continue to go up after the pandemic is over was kind of a pipe dream. So I, I don't look at this as doom and gloom. Um I look at this more as like it's it's balancing itself out. But it didn't crash. Like, I wouldn't call this a crash. Yeah.
0: No. The, the most interesting uh, side of this is the biggest decline and what resulted in the majority of that drop is spending on mobile games decreased by 12%. Thank which goodness. Which is where the majority of casual players are. Um, so, like, hardware sales, it was only down 1%. Um, accessory spending was down, like, 11%, which, you know, whatever. But the, the vast majority of the... Uh, 1.7 billion difference between 2022 and 2021 was on mobile game spending. So, uh, I I think that that totally rings true. That you know the casual audiences outside more, um, and you know it's it's less people spending money because they're stuck inside.
2: Also, I'm so glad I'm so glad the mobile markets taking a hit. I mean, it, it's nice to see that. Um even the mobile market I've been seeing a huge difference in the last couple of years with games that released on mobile. Um it seemed like during the pandemic it was just everybody and their dog was making a game and faking ads and stuff like the other day just two days ago I saw an ad on YouTube where they literally took uh Super Mario World and took a 50, 30 second clip of it of someone playing it and then the in the game was called like Jumpy Jump Man whatever and then the, that was the mobile game. Um and it seemed like during the pandemic, we had a lot of games come out where it was a lot of those like here's a random version of this and a random version of that. Whereas this year in mobile, it seems like because there's not as many people spending as well, a lot more of the bigger mobile games have started to give away more free stuff. Also, games like Raid and stuff like that, we've seen more of, uh, and Strike Force, like Marvel Strike Force and um, the other big ones, is it's more bigger mobile games that are coming back out again, where it's more bigger better actual like proper development behind them. Mobile games are getting support over the uh mobile games that we had before where it was just everyone throwing everything at the sun and people were just so bored. They're just playing everything. So glad to see pe- the markets kind of readjusting on the mobile side as well. So
1: yeah, I, I I think that a lot of that has to do with dur during the two years of the pandemic where people were at home and not knock out and not working and everything like that. Like, mobile gaming is the, is kind of a gateway and I think that a lot of people were converted to uh, PC to Switch to other consoles. I know and don't forget that we had the advent of Game Pass during this as well. So people are able to spend less money and still get a ton of product. So I think that also might shift things a little bit in a uh, you know shift the numbers a little bit where things might uh, uh, not otherwise be kind of uh, flowing in that direction. Like now PlayStation's yeah. doing it. So I would expect like the overall dollars to come down a little bit more as more people adopt the subscription model uh, and go forward from there.
0: Do you really think that'll be the case though? Like, I mean, I, I don't think the that- Microsoft and Sony would embrace the subscription model if there were less overall dollars to be. Paid. Well,
1: well, he, well, here's the thing like they, the, the thing of Xbox's strategy is to be everywhere, it's to get everyone to subscribe that normally wouldn't be buying more than one game a year. So you're trying to convert the Madden guy into a subscriber and then hope he's also going to spend a couple bucks on games that aren't part of the subscription but will also invest in in the ecosystem whereas PlayStation's approach I think is slightly different where they're more about getting their hardware in your house and if they and their subscription model adds value to the hardware with its legacy uh, catalog and and the the way they're trying to entice uh, indie developers, third party developers, and put their their like I said their legacy, but even their most recent legacy ca- uh, um catalog in PS Four, um, getting that and making that an attractive thing would get people to invest into the physical uh, console um, a little bit quicker than it would a. You know, if we say Xbox, because you could do the X Cloud, um, yeah, you, sure. you know, your TV could be an Xbox, you know, like that was their goal. Their goal was to get you to play it everywhere and just have the subscription follow you everywhere you go. Um, and who knows, maybe PlayStation goes down that route, but there's a lot of money for PlayStation in hardware. There, there always has been. Um, and there was an article today, it's not part of our doc, but that they projected that they'll have 80 million PS5 sold by uh by 2023, by March, I think, 2023, um, yeah. by which end of Q1, great. which is a, which is a huge, a huge amount. But like there, yeah. um, but that, you know, that's, that's great. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to end up being, like I said, I think this is going to be the market kind of correcting itself. And then it's going, you're going to find the new, the new normal, the new normal is probably going to be $12 billion a year. Um, or a quarter, or whatever it was, like yeah. that. That's probably yeah. gonna be the normal. It's just gonna dip a little bit. And it's gonna come back up. It's gonna go above that. Uh, as Pokemon comes out, forget it. That's gonna be you know people are gonna be buying yeah. two copies people of the game.
0: Yeah, you'll always see like a huge lift in Q4 as people yeah. are buying stuff for you know
1: holidays. And, and that'll whatnot. that'll even off the whole year. And like you know, we we had we had games come out this year that were unproven. That kind of just it just came out of nowhere uh well i don't want to say it came out of nowhere but like elden ring was a massive 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 un uh unpredicted success
0: yeah. miyazaki is on record as saying that like elden ring blew even their like biggest projections out of the water like
2: yeah the, um, it,
0: it caught on in a way that i don't think anyone could have ever guessed
2: Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same thing we can say about Stray, too. Like They've already said there that Stray coming out the way it did, um, its and like I said, this is just going to prove that, uh, like Steve says, that right now, because of Game Pass and stuff like that, I think the big thing we're seeing as well is with all these new subscription models, it also frees up for money for people that when a game like Stray and a game like Elden Ring come out, they go well, I haven't bought a game in a while. I've been just riding Game Pass. Let's try it out. They have that free money in their pocket and they pick it up. And so games that uh, usually see um, a, a big surge are seeing massive surges and seeing huge player bases come in right away. Like even you look at Multiverse, because um, we're talking, it's a free-to-play game.
0: Multiverse, the, I, by the way. Multi-verses. Multiverse is,
2: yeah. Multiverse is where, you know, the Steam count... I think the highest of all time before that was Brawlhalla at 40,000 people was the all-time concurrent player base for a fighting game. And they're at 145,000, I think, was the peak at this point in time on Steam, not including console. Like the idea that the console they are projecting, I don't know, I'm in like 4 millionth place. So the idea that there's a possibility there's 4 million players playing that game. Um, it shows that because of, like Steve said, because of Game Pass and because of the PlayStation uh, new way of doing things, that it also seems like a lot of people are trying games that they would never try before. And that's opening people's eyes to different types of media and games that they would never touch because of Game Pass. And because of that, games that are coming out that would maybe be have to pay for are now being like, okay, I would give this a try for my $30 or my $40. So...
0: All right, gentlemen, uh, we've gone a little long, so we are going to skip the topic of the show this week. I'm going to be honest.
1: It was a weak it's topic.
0: not game breaking news. Yeah, me. it's not. I pulled, it,
2: I pulled it out of my butt for, for just something.
0: We're going to jump into the hype zone because it ties into what we were talking about with this last episode. You guys, there is a new Witcher mobile game. Yes. Kind of.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: I was scrolling through Reddit today and I saw this image of a white-haired man wearing an ambiguous uh animal predator necklace on his sh- uh around his neck, mm-hmm. drawing a long sword in leather armor. Mm-hmm. And I said, "That looks like my favorite white-haired sword-wielding predator necklace-wearing boy, Geralt of Rivia." No, no, no. This is Gerald of Riverboat In the game yeah. Rise of the Kings They literally use The uh, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Logo with like the three Claw scratch mark thing uh-huh. It It's wild man it, This shit is crazy
2: <laughs> The amount of
0: <laughs> it, Yeah my buddy,
2: I my buddy had the same thing where he was playing this Korean MMO or whatever. And he says, I'm so surprised Nintendo's not suing them. And he showed a character of his new character class. And it was like a dual fighting swords person and literally looked 100% like Link. And I'm like, huh. Interesting. And it's such an old game that at this point, the game can run on browsers instead of running through yeah. actual computers. But yeah, it's. It's interesting
1: when we see stuff like that.
0: Love to see it. Oh man. <laughs> All that, right, you guys. Uh,
1: that just made that made my mouth taste weird. Did you see that we have right. a question of the week?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Question of the week.
1: I think the this game. is a, yeah.
0: This is a, this is a good one. What's a game that's so good it ruins other games for you at least for a little while? I experienced this literally this year. Mm. With Elden Ring. <laughs> Uh, Elden Ring (laughs) sucked so much out of my soul that it's all I played for a month and a half and then nothing else tasted good. Mm -hmm. I'm still like a a little bit in Elden Ring hangover, Mm. but yeah, that one, that one fucked me up good.
1: For me, it wasn't that it made other games look bad. It made me just not want to play other games And it was Apex Legends when I was really obsessed with that for a while. Like, I didn't want to... Like, I missed out on a lot of AAA games because I was just playing Apex every night with my buds. Like, uh, that's just the game I wanted to play. And it was, like, it was addicting. It was so good that it just... Like, I, I could skip Horizon or I could skip, you know... Uh, I almost skipped Elden Ring. The only reason why I didn't skip Elden Ring was because all all the people I played Apex with were playing Elden Ring. So I was like, alright, I guess I'm playing Elden Ring. So that's kind of what happened there. Um, Another game that came close to that would be uh, Skyrim. Mm. Because Skyrim was a game that made... uh, made the the open world rpg what i'm sorry it was skyrim but then the witcher 3 took took that over the witcher 3 kind of made me realize what an what a what a open world quest chasing you know game could be um and that sort of ruined open world rpgs for me like it ruined skyrim for me i'm like this seems so boring and 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 desolate and it's the reason why I don't I still don't think Breath of the Wild is is very good um cuz I just feel like The Witcher was just like a better more complete open world. I know it's a completely different genre technically but people saying that that Breath of the Wild was the best open world they've ever been in I'm like bro Witcher 3 was every single nook and cranny of that game was hand crafted. Yeah. Like handcrafted. And It was just chef's kiss for me. What about you, Corey?
2: Uh, For me, uh, it was Final Fantasy VII Remake, actually, was Mm. one of the bigger ones, just because I went into it so hard, because for those who weren't watching the episode when that game came out, because I think I was on a podcast at some point, maybe I was even on my other podcast. I can't remember. I talked to this story that basically, at the time that it came out, um, me and the wife were both going to play it, because i was out of work and she didn't work uh we decided that at the time um we were going to do it where i would play it at night and i would do from nine o'clock at night till nine in the morning that was my play time she would play from nine in the morning till nine o'clock at night so we literally for like a full week and a half just traded back and forth where she didn't want to finish me playing watch me play it so Uh, We just trade back and forth. And after I beat the game, I went straight into hard mode, did that, like played so many hours of it. But the, the thing that broke it for me was playing an RPG like that, where it still has those little bit of turn based elements and things like that. It's really hard for me to go into older RPGs or even newer RPGs that have a lot of turn based mechanics in it, where I find that I'm like, I'm like, this is I'm like, I can't I can't do it. I don't want to wait my turn I just want to have that there's not enough action things going on to keep me um involved in it to to, to play these like I have so many I got all the Tales games still to play I get that I have to go back to and I have all the old classic Final Fantasies that I still haven't beat that I want to go back to but it's every time I pick them up I just it gets I have to really dive into it where I play nothing else but that game just to get my to kind of get me going into it again So that I can, uh, you know, get back into playing those games again. It takes me a while and it's really changed my view. Same thing with The Witcher 3. like, It really changes your view on what an action RPG can be at tip-top quality. And it's really hard to go play another, even like Kingdoms of Alamor, like that great game, but after playing really top tier action rpgs and just trying to go play that like it's it's hard it's tough so um and i love all of those games so
1: good question. question
0: from our mystery writer it was andy andy wrote, andy wrote the question yeah uh that's going to do it for uh, crossplay podcast this week thank you all so much for joining us another episode. Um, If you would like to support us more. You can go follow us over on Twitter. At dual underscore screens. You can follow me at it's purger. Steve is at batchild27. Uh, Corey is a grounded gamer double D no E. Uh, You can also support us over on Patreon. patreon Patreon.com slash dual screens. That's D-U-E-L. Dual screens. Um, And for just three dollars. You can get the pre-show. Where we talk about a bunch of stupid shit. And uh, spider updates. Yeah, spider updates. All that good stuff. She's asleep, uh,
1: boys. She's asleep. Resting Don't for the night. use
0: fire. Don't use fire. No. Uh, until next time, keep, uh, keep wild in those hunts. I was looking
1: at the picture of Kings, King of Thrones.